1-800-227-0030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston, or 100.3, our FM signal. If you're in the metro Boston area, you can listen to us on Crystal Clear FM, so you can hear what's going on there. Um, Interesting week. We'll get into that in a bit. Uh, For those of you who are keeping score, I uh, I finally did buy a car, and we'll talk about that in a bit, too, and... um, and we expect a uh, we expect to be uh, we expect to be talking with Mike Michael Gatano, and he is from Motorcar Productions, and they're going to have a British Festival Day going on at uh, down in Bristol, Rhode Island, coming up in the not too distant future. So we'll be talking to him shortly, I believe. I texted him yesterday, and he said he was all on board to do it. So uh, we'll. Find out what he's got on his mind about different things and find out what he wants to talk about. We can find out what he's uh, what this whole show is about. Uh, also, the New England Motor Press Association, we're having our annual technology conference on May 30th. And that's going to be taking place at the MIT Media Lab. And it's going to be all about autonomous vehicles. And it's a um, the event itself... Is uh, gonna includes lunch. It starts. Uh, it starts right around. Starts right around uh, eleven thirty or so. Uh, we have a keynote speaker. We have uh, Brian Reamer from MIT, who's gonna. He's uh, he's uh, really into everything about vehicle autonomy, uh, PhD and so forth. Then we're gonna have lunch, and then we have a panel discussion. And among the uh, participants, we have somebody from. Uh, Humanics, we have uh, somebody from a software development company, we have somebody from Toyota who takes their, takes care of their autonomous vehicles, and then we have uh, Heidi King, who's the Deputy Secretary for NHTSA, and uh, she is, right now she's in charge of the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and uh, I want to thank Art Kinsman from DOT, who I used to work with, and he uh, he arranged for Heidi to come up and going to talk about some of the political aspects of autonomous vehicles, what it takes for getting all the uh, rulemaking in place, as well as we have somebody from uh, the city of Boston, from Boston Mechanics, who's going to talk about the autonomous vehicle companies that are testing in Boston. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get anybody from Optimus Ride, which is an autonomous vehicle uh, ride-sharing company, not Optimus Prime. Dennis is shaking his head. and uh, Or Newtonomy. Newtonomy, we were talking with both their uh, general counsel and their president. And uh, on that day, there's uh, uh, something that almost every autonomous vehicle manufacturer needs to go to Philadelphia or about. But uh, cars that don't necessarily drive themselves, and you need to, be, you need to drive them, are British cars. And with us on the phone is uh, Michael Gatano and... The British Motor Car Festival is coming up in Bristol, Rhode Island. Michael, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. 
And good morning, sir. And, and so tell us about tell us about this British Car Festival that's going to be taking place in Bristol. Okay, well, it's, first of all, it's based upon the British invasion in Stowe, Vermont, which is going on 27 years, mm-hmm. which is the largest all-British show in the East Coast with 650 cars. The British Motor Car Festival in Bristol, Rhode Island is now in its fifth year. Uh, it takes place on the weekend of June 8th and 9th at Colt State Park and also Independence Park in Bristol. Uh, The Independence Park on Friday night is free and open to the public. We park cars on the street. We have live music and food uh, at Independence Park on the water. Um, On Saturday is the big main event at Colt State Park down by the beach. Uh, The public is obviously invited to come. Uh, They can actually come dressed in British attire. They might just win an award. We Mm. have incognito judges. Uh, going around the area looking for uh, people to reward. We have a judge competition, a concourse de elegance that has some very interesting cars like you might see or you would see a D-type Jaguar. Uh, You would see a very rare HRG that just came back from Amelia Island. Uh, There's also going to be a very, very lovely Allard that used to race on the streets of Pebble Beach in the Mm. 60s. Things like that. Uh, A very rare and prototype uh, Land Rover center steer uh, from the Jim Macri collection will be there. Some interesting things in the concourse. The big part of the show is what we call People's Choice, the British Classic, which is about 40 classes of different British cars. We have someone who comes uh, to a cannon salute dressed as the queen who runs the ladies' hat competition, which is also open to the public. Um, and oftentimes we have winners that are young, young children that are dressed appropriately uh, who win in that competition as well. Uh, there's vendors. We play British Invasion music all day long. Um, it's a very kind of an exciting event. It's a British lifestyle event. Uh, we're working with Explore Bristol. It benefits the uh, food uh, pantry there in Bristol as well. Um, kind of an exciting event. Yeah, and I mean, you, you mentioned some very special cars. How about um, sort of more run-of-the-mill cars? Well, you know, if, are people going to be showing up in their in their Heelys and their MGBs and absolutely, and, yeah. Which, well, it goes. Uh, MGBs are going to be one of the larger classes simply because a lot of them were produced. So yep. there'll be MGBs and MGAs. There will be Heelys. Uh, Jaguar Club comes. Jaguars. You see Rolls Royces and Bentleys. A little of everything. Certainly, the ones that might be more prevalent are going to be things like the MGBs and the MGTDs and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Things British. <laughs> well, if you uh, if you see my uh, former boss there. Uh, Mark Shaw from AAA. He now lives in Bristol, and I believe he has a TD, and I think he has an Austin Healey 100. So he may, oh, you, wow. never, you never know. He may, Very he, good. he may, he may show up there as well. So, uh, but it's, I, I think English cars and sort of the, you know, the 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 whole idea of the British invasion uh, brings a pretty nostalgic time with a lot of people. Yes, it does. One of the other things that we do for the car show registrants is on Friday we have what we call a a hidden highway road rally. It covers 80 to 100 miles, covers Little Compton and some back roads. So folks may see some British cars on the road from that. They'll be stopping at a vineyard for lunch. Um, You know, and it's a fun thing. And then they come back and, of course, go to the Friday night. Some of them go to the Friday night street party uh, in downtown, which is usually a pretty good-sized event. And so the, it's all pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when we talk about British invasion, you know, we can talk about uh, whether it's a 
English music, British invasion of the Beatles, or uh, or much earlier than that, right? Well, that's true. I mean, I think most people credit the British invasion. As, you know, some people in Bristol might remember, I think, around 1788 when the British invaded. Uh -oh. you know, so there's a little bit of history in Bristol yeah. for that as yeah. well. Yeah, so... so. Yeah, no. But, it's, uh, so it's, there's different kinds of British invasions, if you will. Ours yeah. is a much more friendly sort. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, it's it sounds like a good time. And one of the things, one of the things I always like about events like this, if you're if you're thinking about buying buying a car, and um, you know whether it's you know whether you're buying something special like an Allard or you're buying a you know, 1967 MGB, um, there's no better way to learn about these cars than talk to the people that own them. Absolutely. You know, and, and from my experience being in car clubs and on museum boards over the years, if I was going to be in that hobby and wanted to learn about a car, I think I would probably join the club that I was interested in the car for before I bought the car. Uh, they're good sources of, of supply for rare parts. Uh, who's good to do different things. Like just the other day, I got an inquiry about where to take something for interior work. So a lot of us network together to help save money and find the best resources. So joining a car club is really a good thing. And you might just actually was going to put an ad on our website, which is BritishMotorCarFestival.com, for a friend who had an Aston Martin for sale, saying if you don't own a British car, come and buy it at the show. And you can, if you buy it before the show, you could even be in the show. But he sold the car last week. Oh, oh there you but go. There are other cars in our car corral, uh, and they're not necessarily Aston Martins, but there will be things there. Uh, there will be new car dealership people there as well, Jaguar, that sort of thing. So, you know, someone could actually purchase a car at the British Motor Car Festival. Now, um, of course, British car owners have to have to put up with all of the uh, all of the Lucas jokes, right? <laughs> Prince of yeah. Darkness Prince. and Center of Intermittent yeah. Lighting, yeah. that the, sort of thing. Why the, well, why the English drink warm beer? Because Lucas made the refrigerators? That's correct. Yeah. You know, or bumper yeah. stickers that say all the parts falling off this car were made in the UK. Yeah, exa exactly. But yeah. but so but that, that sort of but thing. that's part we of it. That, and sure. and uh, years and years ago, I, I owned a... Uh, I owned an MGB, and what I found was, even though it may have not been the most dependable car in the world, uh, it was also a car that, uh, if something did happen to it, and there was, uh, I guess, more of them on the road then because they're a little bit more affordable, um, if something happened, you were down, it, even if you pulled over the side of the road to, you know, stop and admire the scenery, another MG would pull up or and, and say, is everything okay? Do you need anything? Uh, it was it was a very informal club even back then. Everybody everybody flashed their lights at each other, and uh, everybody got along. That's still the same. Oftentimes, the pilgrimage to Stowe in the fall is just that. I mean, certainly people break down on occasion, but people help each other all the time. And, you know, for many people going to Stowe in the fall, I think half the excitement is just getting there and back again in a British car uh, and enjoying the back roads. And for those people, we have people coming from Nova Scotia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Toronto, driving cars down for this show. Yeah, no, it, um, so it is. People do come along. Right? Yeah, it, it is. It is interesting. I remember even um, I saw I saw somebody in a uh, an MG stop by the side of the road, and I said, "What happened?" And you know, he, he was like, uh, "I don't know. Just quit running." And 
I said, well, you know, we didn't hear the fuel pump come on. And I said, oh, I learned an old trick, uh, you know, and whacked the fuel pump and got it going yeah. again and started up. And he was happy and I was happy I could help him out. And But it, it is that kind of camaraderie with a lot of car clubs. And I, I especially noticed it with... Uh, with some of the British clubs. So a lot of cars are going to be there. It sounds like a really fun event. It's going to be June 8th and 9th. And your mm -hmm. website is BritishMotorCarFestival.com, right? That is correct. No, it's not. You're right about tapping the hammers. There was a time on a tour I did once when a gentleman who actually had an Aston Martin had failed to proceed because of a fuel pump problem. And all during the day, a friend who was following would come around and tap his fuel pump. So at dinner, at the next time we did a tour, I found an old pair of little hammers, uh, a large and a small. I varnished the handles and painted the heads gold. And we presented them to him and told him it was part of the uh, toolkit that was supposed to have come with his Aston Martin for, called the uh, fuel pump repair kit. <laughs> they, and we gave him the hammers. <laughs> so so the small one was for minor repairs, the bigger one was for major repairs? The small repairs? was for his wife to use oh, when he okay. was yeah. attempting to start yeah. the car, and the larger one was for him. Or, that was the idea. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a funny, it was yeah, a fun time. Yeah. No, it, it, sound, it sounds like a good time. In general, how many cars do you think you have uh, coming, to, coming to an event like based on last year? I would say 200, 250. Wow. It's still a lot smaller than the British Invasion, yep. but it takes time for these shows, for the word to get out, and for them to grow. So I would say we'll probably do over 200 cars. Maybe we'll get lucky and do 250 or 300. It depends. For some of the last-minute people, we do allow registration on Friday at the field if they haven't registered already. Uh, but generally, all of the forms for registrations online. If they have a British car and need parts, we have vendors like Moss Motors will be on site. Uh, I don't think they're going to have their parts with them, but they certainly would have an opportunity mm. to get a catalog and get an introduction to a car uh, to a supplier who could pretty much sell everything they need for their MGB. Yeah, no, there's there's for people who who know who know this, uh, or maybe they don't, and that's part of it. It's it's uh, there are these uh, little enclaves of parts places i know uh, uh right in uh i think it's north main street in providence of Pawtucket. there's a guy who's got a little shop tucked away and he sells a lot of mg and austin parts um down here on the south shore there's britannic motors that uh still has still has a fair amount of parts kicking around and does some restorations of of some english cars so but for people who look at the car and go i remember having an mg when i was in college or my friend had one and i'm i'd really like to buy one being able to make this connection with the people that own the cars and the people that know where to get the parts for the car i think is important and if you can do it in a in a uh, festival-type organization where you can have some fun at the same time. Um, you learn something, Absolutely. you have fun, you meet some people. It sounds like a good time. And, and again, it's uh, BritishMotorCarFestival.com is, is uh, where you gain more information, and it's going to be taking place uh, down in Bristol. And if people have, are not familiar with Bristol, Rhode Island, the uh, oldest uh, 4th of July parade in the country, right? That's true. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. One of the things we found last year is 50% of the people who came to this show had never been to Bristol. Some of them had driven by and gone to Newport or whatever, but mm -hmm. hadn't stopped in Bristol. I would say after the show, 100% of the people who came to it all loved Bristol. They loved the restaurants. They loved the shops. They loved the venue that were on the water. Cold State Park is a beautiful state park. <laughs> And, and you know, it went and, over very well. And you have a new car museum. You, you have a new car museum there now too. 
Yes, uh, Gunther did an amazing yep. job with that. Uh, the Newport Car Museum has won awards already, and if people are, he has maybe three or four British cars on display, but he has some amazing American cars on display. So if you if you lust to see a complete collection of Corvettes, then you should go down to Gunther's Museum and visit them. Yeah, we and had, you of course have the Audrain Museum in Newport, which yep. is very impressive yep. as well. Yeah, no, we had Gunther on the program I don't know, a couple months ago and uh, just uh, just uh, you know sounds like a great collection but the whole idea that this uh, this car culture is is all around us and people don't people don't necessarily recognize it uh, but just the idea that you have some great car museums whether they're Newport Bristol the Lars Anderson Auto Museum up here uh, whether it's uh, uh, Owls Head or even uh, uh, the Gould family, the Wells Auto Museum in Wells, that's, yeah. I think that's still, I think Glenn's going to still try to keep that open on some weekends over the summertime. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot, a lot of car culture here in New England. And I th- sometimes I think people forget about it and it's great. To, it's great to know that you guys are putting this together and, uh, it sounds, sounds like a fun time. And I want to thank you for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning and joining us over here in Boston. And thank you so much for having me on the air. I've enjoyed it, and uh, we hope we may see you at the British Motor Car Festival. You never know. All right. Thank you, Michael. All right. Have a good day, sir. You as well. Bye-bye. So check it out. It's the British Motor Car Festival. Uh, It looks – I was looking at some of the pictures from last year, and Bristol's Bristol's a neat little little Rhode Island town. It's sort of overlooked in a lot of cases. Uh, Like Michael said, it's – you know, people think about Newport. And maybe they think about Barrington because uh, it's Barrington's a pretty affluent town. But uh, Bristol's Bristol's also a pretty affluent town. But it's a it's kind of one of those places that people kind of loop around and forget about. And their their true claim to fame is it's the oldest Fourth of July parade in the country. No, there's never been one that has been around as long and as continuous as the as the Bristol Fourth of July parade. And it's a lot like. Uh, Going to any of the big parades in New York, in a lot of cases, you got to get there really early in the morning to uh, to check it all out. So, our phone number. Phone lines are open now if you would like to join us at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. That's how you get through. Uh, like I said, phone lines are open. If you have an event, if you have a car show event that you would like some publicity about like we do with John Diamond and and their event at the Endicott Estate. If you have something going on and you want to publicize it, uh, call into the show, send me an email. My email is jpaul at aaanortheast.com. you got to spell out the word northeast. And I'd uh, be happy to talk about it and talk to you about it, whatever you have on your mind. Well, it's about time to talk about a road test car. Hey, really quick, did we yes. ever hear back from Rick at all? No, that's true. Good point. Good memory. Um, our buddy Rick from Boston won trivia a couple weeks ago, and uh, I lost his address. So, Rick, if you're out there listening today, if you're not uh, doing whatever, well, it's kind of it's kind of a cloudy day. He might not be taking the Indian out, or maybe he's taking it out before it rains. But uh, if you haven't, uh, if you're if you're out there listening, call back in and give uh, give Dennis. Your address. And also, congratulations to Dennis, who uh, now is a college graduate. Officially. Officially a college Officially graduate. a college graduate. Yeah. So Got uh, my associate's degree last Sunday. Congratulations. Yay. Did you get to wear, get to wear a hat and everything? I did. Yeah? I yeah. did. Hat, gown, 
magna cum laude announcement and all that stuff. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're a big deal. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now what are you going to do? I'm going for my bachelor's. Then what are you going to do? Then I'm going to try to find a job that pays me well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not for a couple years. You're not going to you're not going to be a perpetual student, bachelor, master's, no. PhD. It's too expensive, man. That's a lot advanced of money. P- advanced PhD, whatever you get. Um, no, no, that's uh, you're never you're never too old to learn. Exactly. You're never too old to go back to school if you want to go back to school. Not that you're old. I didn't mean anything by that. Hey, yeah, I'm still younger than you. Oh, <laughs> so isn't almost everyone. Uh, but yes, that is that is the case. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, Let's talk to Phil and Swampscott. Phil. Phil? Hi. Hi. Hi, Doctor. How yes, are you? Yes, sir. How are you? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Yeah, I got a question. I, I've got a 2001 Volvo, and recently I had an inspection done, you mm-hmm. know, safety, but they don't do the emissions anymore. No, no, you're, you're past the age limit. Right, and apparently I passed it last year because I noticed it last year. Mm-hmm. But I, but the the reason why I'm asking that is, uh, I do get a check engine light, and it's referencing the catalytic converter. Oh, okay. So, at this point in time, do I actually need to replace the catalytic converter if that's the problem? Well, it, um, yes, sort of. Um, do you need to do you need to do it for inspection? What's supposed to happen no, is right. yeah, but what's supposed to happen is if you come into an inspection garage and even though they don't check for emissions and the yeah. light is on, they're supposed to tell you to go get it fixed. They don't test it, but they're supposed to tell you to go get it fixed. Now, yeah. if the light is if the light was on a minute ago and it went off as soon as you pulled in the door, they don't right. really they don't really care. Um, that's what yeah. that's what's happened. Yeah. Both yeah. time, the last two years yeah. when I did have an inspection, it's an intermittent right. check engine and light. And it's probably, that. it's probably a catalytic converter efficiency code, which means that the catalytic converter is just starting to get tired and can't do its job as well as it used to. So, yeah. you know, and I'm just, I'm just guessing, but, um, right. but, and which the fix for that is a new catalytic converter. The problem yeah. is, do you want to spend, you know, five hundred, a thousand, two thousand dollars for a catalytic converter? On a yeah. 2001 Volvo that technically you don't need it for emissions purposes, um, they're also they're also supposed to check to see that there's actually a catalytic converter there. So, okay, so, um, the so it's so it's not like it's not like when they do their inspection and you come in and they're supposed to actually look and see that all the emission control components are in place. There's yeah. no test to actually see whether the emissions control Hello? Yeah, yeah. To make oh, Dennis and I are doing hand signals, and and I get distracted because I don't. Apparently, I don't multitask as well as I should. So, um, yeah. So it's um, yeah. So they don't actually check to see this work, and so I mean, for all intents and purposes, it could be a hollow shell with nothing inside of it. But yeah. but tech and and the idea behind that is once once the car gets to be, you know, twenty five years old or or fifteen years old rather, um, the the idea is that. Well, when it's that old, repairs are going to start to get expensive for the value of the car, so it probably doesn't make sense to make people have to do these things. But the car should still be safe, and the yeah. parts that are on the car should, be, you know, should be the ones that it came with. But right. do they test it to make sure they're there? They don't. So, 
So I guess I guess if it was my car and it was a 2001 and it was running okay and occasionally the check engine light came on and then it went off, I probably wouldn't worry that much about it. Yeah. See, I bought this car new, so it's uh, it's I've taken care of it all these years, and it's you know it, it doesn't look 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. So and it that and, yeah, and that's just it. So I mean, if you wanted to, you know, if yeah. you really wanted to go someplace and have, you know, have it you know, further checked out and find out what it is. Yeah. Um, you could certainly go out and do that, but you know, you're going to, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be a cheap repair by, by any means. So. Right. They're actually, uh, the Volvo, yeah, my understanding from the mechanic I go to, they strictly service Volvos and a few other cars mm. that the, the catalytic converter for this Volvo is around eleven, twelve hundred dollars $1,200. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't get another one. You can't get, uh, you know, like yeah, a, an aftermarket generic one yeah. because it don't work. They, they well, and that and that's it rejects it, so to speak, as far as like your check engine light, the code would come on. Yeah, even and, though you had a new catalytic converter in there. Yeah, we've we've actually we've actually seen that in a lot of import cars that you go yeah. out, you try to get you try to get the you know a lower cost replacement, and they may work for they may work for six months or right. something. Yeah, yeah the the. Yeah, I just I just looked real quick on you know a, a, just a 2001 Volvo. Yeah, the catalytic converter is thirteen hundred and sixty four dollars. Oh, it's going up. Yeah, I've yeah. been dodging this emissions things for a few years. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay. so and and it's also a couple hours labor to replace it. So oh, you're, yeah. you're probably looking at you're probably looking at sixteen hundred dollars by the time you're right. done. And well, I, I won't be looking at anything because I don't intend to replace it. There you go. There you go. Take <laughs> take take a little piece of tape, put it on the dash where the check engine light is, and you'll never. Oh, no, no, the light will go. I can just go to them. They'll shut the code off, and I can go get inspected. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. the last two years it, it went off, and I shot in and got a sticker, so there was yeah. no problem. Yeah, and, and in fact, now where it doesn't have to have emissions testing, right. you know, you could you don't even have to go see them. You could just disconnect the battery and then hook it back up, and the light would be out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye bye. It's no secret. That's just the way. That's just what happens. It, it clears the code when you disconnect the battery, and that's all there is to it. What is the age limit for that when they stop checking? I believe it's after the car gets to be 16 years old. So, um, I believe that's what it is. It keeps for a while there. It was a roll. It. it they were thinking. They were thinking of going to a once the car got to be 16 years old. So every car, but. For a couple of years there, they, they just had a hard and fast year. So it was like anything earlier than 2000 didn't have to. But then I, I, I want to say I'd have to look it up because I don't remember because I know it did change. But I, I want to say it's more than 15 years old. They're like, you know what? You've endured enough with your 15-year-old car. And, you know, especially if you look at a $1,500 repair, $1,600 repair on a car that now all of a sudden you put that much money into it. You might have doubled the value of the car. You know, it's you know, it's probably a, you know, it might be a three thousand dollar car. If it's, I mean, um, Phil sounds like his was in good shape because he owned it since day one. But on the other hand, if you're somebody who's not owned it since day one, it's a it's a car that's on its fourth owner. You bought it for a couple thousand dollars. They have to put that kind of money into it. Um, you know, the the state's being pretty reasonable. And the same thing too, if you own a car that is um, that has some major repairs needed for emissions purposes, safety you have to do, but for emissions purposes, you can apply for a waiver 
which gives you another year. So, in other words, your car failed for uh, uh, check engine lights on, and it's something, let's see, Honda, for instance. Some Hondas had a problem with the transmission. It would turn the check engine light on. You couldn't get a sticker. The car ran okay, but it was going to be a three or $4,000 transmission repair. You could apply for a waiver. The state would the state would allow the waiver, and then you could just get another year on your inspection, and then you could decide if you want to get it fixed or not. The other thing is you can apply for is a hardship waiver. If if there's a certain amount, and they all have criteria based on the year, and you can say I really can't afford to fix this right now, you can apply for the hardship waiver again. It gives you it gives you a little bit of room, to, so you don't have to do it immediately. Uh, when your car fails for a safety inspection. You have to get the you. You need to get it repaired right away. Even though you see people driving around with rejection stickers, technically they're supposed to repair it right away because the car could be unsafe to be on the road. Uh, with emissions repairs, they give you 60 days to do it. So there is there is a little bit of uh, flexibility in there too. Our phone number 617-770-3030, And a bit of distraction in there. Somebody called in and wanted to know what the FM channel was for WROL, and that is um, that is 100.3 FM. And uh, if you're and you have to kind of really be in the Metro Boston, Cambridge, Somerville-ish area, uh, sort of that general general area right right around there. So uh, it's. Uh, it's not the most powerful signal, but if you're in, but if you're in Boston, it comes in really nice. Um, I know I was going into uh, um, Copley one one day, and as I was coming in through the Mass Pike, I clicked it on, and I was like, "Wow, this sounds nice, nice and clear." Why don't we take a break? If you would like to join us, we have a couple phone lines open at 617-770-3030. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or 100.3. We'll be right back.
Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. Our phone number again, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through. I, was talking, I actually talked to John Diamond this week, and he said to me, do you think you can broadcast live from our car show on Sunday? No. <laughs> I'm not coming in on a Sunday. No. And, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure how we could do that exactly. You'd have to ask Seamus. Yeah. And I don't think he's given up his spot. Or Johnny. Oh, yeah, Johnny, too. Yeah. Or maybe what? Johnny might. Yeah. Seamus wouldn't. Well, maybe maybe Johnny would just let me have half an hour. Yeah. But or, I'm, not, I'm not coming in on a Sunday. Sorry, that ain't happening. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. I don't know that I am either, so... But that would require me working seven days a week. I'm not like you. I don't have that work. I don't. Ethic. I don't. I don't necessarily either. So, um, and then I said to him, you know, he said, "Well, can you check with the radio station?" I said, "I really need to check with my wife first. You know, that's that's um, something you need to do." And before we get to Ray and Quincy, um, I I was on Facebook and I saw your predecessor Marita on Facebook, who who works for a talk station down the street now and she's she's um getting getting married at some point in the near future to anthony and they had a uh, they had a question about their wedding song and apparently she's had a song she wanted since she was 12 and anthony wants a song from top gun and and uh, so that's the song he wants she wants some nsync song or something um and i Go said the top gun song i don't know i don't know <laughs> But uh, what, whatever the case is, I said, I, you know, I met Anthony. He seems like a smart guy. He's got to learn that happy wife, happy, happy life. life. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's some things, it's just not, it's not worth the argument. So anyway, and con- congratulations to them. They actually, um, he actually came in here and proposed to her when she was still here. So Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been awkward. Um, no, I guess, I guess Pat and Carol and everybody knew all about it. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, it was, it was a fun thing. Let's talk to Ray. Ray, is that you? Yes, good morning, John. How are you? Good and yourself? Good. Uh, I got a couple of questions on the inspection thing. I got, I got two things there. Uh, one is my emergency brake uh, didn't work on my 2003 uh, Dodge Caravan. Okay. And I was wondering how complicated is that? I thought maybe just adjusting. Um, I looked online on the YouTube thing and yep. showed a few different things there. Um, I was wondering. I haven't even gone underneath to kind of look at it. Yeah, and so that's it goes all the way down. It doesn't hold. But yeah, and well, if it as long as it moves, that's a pretty good. You know, then you might just be able to adjust it. And normally, there's just a, there's a there's a um, uh, a U-shaped hook. And okay. uh, that that grabs the two rear cables. There's either a bracket or or uh, sort of a yoke, and you okay. just sort of take up on that. Uh, if for some reason, and if it looks like it's well rusted, uh, if you you know if you spray a lot of um, you know uh, WD-40 PB blaster right. Creel Creel oil, one of those, okay. you know, spray one of those on there uh, because you you don't want to break the threaded. Um, part of the cable off with a nut attaches to it or else you'll end up having to replace the front cable. The other thing right. you can do when, and they still sell them in some of the auto parts stores, they sell this thing that's called a cable shortener. It's basically a uh, it's a hook that runs through a little piece of metal and it just uh, tightens the cable up a little bit. That might be enough to make it stop. Um, okay. The other thing is what you really want to do is you want to make sure the cables are moving where they attach to the rear wheels. So um, this has got drum brakes in the back. 
I think it might. I have. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm pretty well, sure it might yeah. have drum brakes. I was yeah. wondering if I could just adjust the sprocket in the back. Yeah, well, um, depending on depending on how worn it is, I'm, because you, you know you might find that just adjusting the rear brakes is enough to get the parking brake to work. But chances are the cable chances are the cable is either stretched or one side of the cable is rusted, frozen. So you really need to crawl under there and kind of move the cables and see what's going on. If you yank a hold of the cable and it moves freely all the way to where it goes into the backing plate of the, yeah, of the rear wheels, loose. it's too loose, and then. Right. You know, like I said, get under there with a, um, um, you know, spray spray the daylights out of it with, uh, you know, some good rust penetrant. Um, I'm a fan of PB Blaster. It's not very expensive, and it works pretty well. And it, it kind of creeps into the creeps into the uh, threads. And depending on how it is, you you put uh, you know a socket on one end and a pair of vice grips on the thread or rod part so you don't bend anything and and try right. to snug, try to snug it up and see what happens the other okay, the other thing is yeah the other thing is it could be your rear brakes are worn out and maybe that's why it's not holding uh, i think i had them well yeah i, yeah. I, I know i had the front stone because yeah. i had the rotors and stuff changed. Oh, okay well they probably looked yeah. at it at the same time then yeah yeah hopefully yeah uh, another question uh, I, you're talking to the other fellow about the uh catalytic converter yep do you need to have it i have i'm the one that has the el camino the oh, okay el camino. okay yep and I want to have the exhaust done. And I figured, you know, if, if I don't, I mean, it's an 87. I mean, do I need to carry the catalytic converter? I probably get a little bit better mileage if I don't have it. Um, you probably will. Um, technically, you're not supposed to take off any emissions components. Okay. Um, technically. Um, Is that just know, in this state? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just in this state. Because yeah. we're one of only, I, I think there's only... 12 or 15 states that even have safety inspections or emissions inspections as there is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, uh, it's funny, like in New Hampshire, uh, the lower part of New Hampshire had safety inspections and emissions inspections. And, you know, when you got up into the hills, there wasn't any. Now I think the whole state mm -hmm. has it. Uh, okay. Maine, Maine for a while was the same way. If you were in Portland, you had to get a, you had to get an inspection sticker for your car. If you were in, you know, if you were up in, uh, you know, the Canada, Canadian border, yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody cared. Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, I mean, Florida Florida is the third most populated state in the country. No safety inspection, no emissions inspection, no nothing. A lot of old people driving, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, because I, 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 uh, I was thinking this is, I, I passed this lose auto. Oh, yeah. You know, lose, yeah. Auto lose exhaust, lose exhaust like that, yep. Yeah. Yep. And I said, you know, I was wondering if I take it in there, if they would, if they would just drop the catalytic. I mean, I can keep it, but I mean, just yeah. drop it and just go. I have one single pipe coming out. I said, yep. but they can split it into two and make it look a little fancier. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I mean, could they, could they actually put you know kind of a dual exhaust look on it? Absolutely, they could. You know, and and I've yet to figure out this lose exhaust because they're all over the place. There are a bunch of little shops. I've yet to figure out right. if it's a franchise or there's a guy named. Big Lou somewhere that uh, that owns all these little exhaust shops, but uh, you know we had somebody call in here a couple weeks ago that had a leaky exhaust. He went in, they went in there, they cut out a piece of pipe, they welded in a new piece of pipe, and they saved them a ton of money by not having to replace the whole exhaust system. So, well, that's a, that's what I'm looking for. Yep. I'm looking, you know, I, I mean, you can dress it up a little bit because I want to have some work done on the car. I want to have the outside done. Yep. But I figured I'll I'll, I'll get the um, the other the exhaust pipes done first. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but that's great. I'll, I'll jump underneath the car and yeah, see, see, yeah, see what see what's going on. Like I said, you may find that you know, and 
picked, you know, the right side cable is frozen up solid and the left right. side cable moves. And what's happening is when you step on, when you step on the, the brake, when you, when you pull the brake up, it is moving one side, but it's not moving the other. And that's what's keeping the parking brake from working the way it should. Okay. And, okay. And with yeah. the and with the new inspection program with the four cameras that are in in the shops now, uh, mm -hmm. where before somebody might have looked at a car and went, "Hey, look, the car's in good shape. I'm not even going to try the parking brake because if it sticks in here, all of a sudden now, I have an aggravated customer and work that I didn't plan on doing. Now they actually right. now they're actually testing all this stuff because they know that they know that the you know, there's someone watching. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something else. I forgot what yeah. it was. Yeah, so. But they. they well, I'm getting old. Yeah, so, so isn't everybody. That's But getting old is better than the alternative, right? Yeah, that is. I'm still on the right side of the dirt. That's right. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot, John. All right, take care. Bye bye. You bye bye. 617 770 3030. 617 770 3030. It's. Um, somebody actually wrote to me the other day and said they have a. Uh, and this will be in. I don't know, call them in a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, they had a uh, car they brought in for a state inspection. They've been bringing it to the same one or two places for the past five or six years. And they went in and they said, uh, yeah, we got to take off your Celtics license plate frame. And he said, why? He said, well, you can't have license plate frames on your car. State won't allow it. And uh, I said, well... It's not really true. You can have a license plate frame. It just can't cover the words Spirit of America or Massachusetts or any of the numbers. But right after that, I saw a car going down the road that had a Celtics license plate frame. And I can understand because it was wide enough where it covered up the word Massachusetts. So guys like, well, how come they didn't have to do it before? And no one was watching. That's why. And even if they did... Even if, uh, you know, some the station said, ah, yeah, you, you shouldn't have that. But, you know, if you get stopped by somebody, tell me you just put it on. You know, that's, you know, the pretty typical kind of answer. Um, even to the point of things like, um, you know, an exhaust that might have not been 100%, well, it just broke. Now, you can't do that anymore. You know, there, there's, uh, you know, Big Brother's sort of watching. And, but are they is the real question. Because I asked the question once. There's uh, 2,000 sticker stations in Massachusetts, and who's watching? Who's really who's really in a room with 2,000 monitors watching all of this video? AI. 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 The artificial intelligence. <laughs> the robot uprising. Uh, maybe more. <laughs> well, and you're right. It is artificial intelligence because if you are, from what I understand. If you're an inspection station that bangs out a bunch of stickers really fast, you're going to get flagged. You're going to get flagged, and then someone's going to go, Dennis's auto repair, we better watch him for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way, that's kind of how it like works. Like I said, so, yeah. AI. AI, yeah. So that's kind of how it works. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. I started to talk about the car that got me around a week or so ago for a little bit, and that is the Infiniti Q60. The one we drove happened to be all-wheel drive. When it comes to luxury two-door sport coupes, it seems like the numbers are getting smaller every year. One car that seemed to only get better is the Infiniti Q60 Coupe. The Q60 is a very attractive-looking car with uh, 
Great overall lines to it. The Q60 also has two engine choices, a four-cylinder, two-liter engine that makes 208 horsepower, a V6 engine that changes uh, depending on trim level. The Sport makes 300 horsepower, the subject of our road test, the Red Sport, develops 400 horsepower. There is only one transmission, a seven-speed automatic, and the Sporty Coupe can be ordered with rear-wheel or all-wheel drive. It's interesting that trim levels are dictating horsepower now because um, the Ford Expedition Max, which we'll talk about probably next week, big giant, I mean, Expedition Max, right, uh, kind of took the place of the excursion. In one trim level... It's 250 horsepower or 350 horsepower. In the platinum trim level, it's 400 horsepower. And the only, it's the same engine. It's just they electronically tune it to make more horsepower. The interior of the Q60 is generally well thought out. The controls are simply used. But I have to question the two display screens. Is one on top of the other? I think if one is good, two is better rule. Doesn't apply here. Um, there is one for the second for the sound system and a second one for the navigation system. To me, it just makes the dash too busy and more distracting than necessary. There are uh, two decent-sized cup holders. Um, I would have liked to see another bin or something for, you know, sometimes you want to throw your phone somewhere or um, it's keyless. So you sometimes what I do, rather than put my keys in my pocket, I leave them on the console. No place for that sort of stuff. Uh, the front seats are comfortable and supportive with plenty of adjustments that should allow most drivers to find a comfortable seating position. The rear seat, like all coupes, is a bit of a challenge to get in and out. Challenge is sometimes more of a challenge at my age. But I did crawl in there to see what it was like. Um, so it's, it's a, the rear seat's better for kids, bags, groceries, things like that. Not people like me. No, no, not at not all. even close. Not at all. <laughs> Anybody that has legs. Uh, <laughs> um, although different than uh, one of the guys I work with uh, treated himself and he bought a used uh, 2001 uh, Porsche 911. So he oh, looks... A car I can't fit in. So he looks like he has a $100,000 car, but he paid $23,000 for it. But it's a beautiful car. It's very, And it only has 20,000 miles on it. But the rear seat's a package shelf. And... They, but they put seatbelts back there and everything. It's kind of silly. Driving the Q60 with the 400-horsepower engine on tap is an exhilarating experience. The uh, engine develops uh, power quickly and smoothly. It has almost no lag, uh, and that's, that's something that can happen with turbocharging. The automatic transmission shifts crisp, crisply, and the paddle shift makes it a little bit more fun. I don't, I'm not a huge paddle shift person. It, to me, it's either it's got a stick shift or it doesn't. And paddle shifters, even though they're in Formula One cars and Ferraris, I just, if that's the case, I'm just going to leave it in whatever, wherever it goes. There's also an eco mode, a normal mode, a sport plus, and winter mode. Uh, each mode changes the steering feel, suspension, performance of the engine. Override is sports car firm without being punishing. The steering, to me, never fight, felt quite the way I wanted it. In normal mode, it felt too light. In sport mode, it felt too heavy. Since the Q60 is available in all-wheel drive with proper winter tires, it could be a year-round sports car, even here in the Northeast. Fuel economy in my time with the Q60 averaged about 22 miles per gallon, and in this hot rod version, premium fuel is required. Uh, the Infiniti Q60 is fun to drive, elegant inside, and by all accounts of those who looked at it, very stylish. Q60 is an adult coupe that competes with BMW 4 Series, Audi A5, and best these models in some areas, but loses out in others. Fuel economy, 19 city, 26 highway. 
400 horsepower turbocharged V6. If you want to go buy one, $65,705. So they don't give them away, but then again, they don't give anything away. I remember when the luxury tax would kick in on a $32,000 car. Now the average transaction price is around that. And our phone number again, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, if you would like to call in. I know we had, I don't know, the phone's disconnected or something. I don't know. So, But phone lines are open. No wait. Just me talking. So I just want to bring up, because I'm, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and while you're going on about your car review, seeing how, see a good producer doesn't pay attention and all that stuff, you know? Why should you? I know. Um, but anyway, executive producer. So, uh, yeah, executive producer. Yeah. yeah, I'm the executive producer. Well, see, the executive producer actually does nothing <laughs> except <laughs> make sure that the show goes. You might, might as well use the title. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, hey, a buddy of mine, Marita, I I call Marita my executive producer. She ended up on a very popular morning show now. Hey, maybe I will. You know, who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, so my my friend's half brother, he gave up his apartment in Florida. Um, he still works because his job allows him to work anywhere he wants to work. And he bought a van, and he's been traveling the United States. Living in the van. van? He calls it van life. He was in San Francisco last week. He's I was a, like, He's got a blog set up? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's got a blog. He just keeps he just keeps posting on Facebook randomly. And he's got this awesome shot where he's in, Flor in Florida, Oregon, and there's this waterfall. And I'm like, man, I want to do that. I want to I want to rent a van and just live day by day wherever a van stops. It's at that that, that time that's where I want to go. Well, I know somebody did not that, but they decided they were going to go cross country on a motorcycle. No, and, and but they stayed in luxury hotels. Yeah, no. So <laughs> so it was so it was you know out in the air, beautiful, and they took all the back roads and stopped at you know places to. You know, have lunch under a tree and look at a waterfall. But at the end of the day, they weren't showering in the van. They were, uh, they were uh, at a luxury hotel. It, you know what? I, I that I, I I would I would I need a shower. If yeah. there's anything I need, is I need a shower. I'm, I mean, I don't know what he's actually doing. I haven't really reached out to him since all that. But maybe I can. Maybe I can call him and maybe he'll be a guest one day. Hey, that'd be fine. Yeah. And yeah. I'll tell, ask him how he's doing it and all yeah. this stuff. No. No, there's uh, um, uh, Ezra Dyer, who was on this program years ago, who's the now auto editor for Popular Mechanics. He decided to try that. He decided to live in a van for a week, like in this area, you know. And um, and he re he really wanted to see if he could get away with it, whether he could find a place to shower. He actually found an office building that had, like, not the public bathrooms, but he like went one floor up and the or one floor down, and he found a shower. I think, and uh, um, so he like showered in there. He showered at the Y. Um, he showered, you know. I guess he did have a health club membership somewhere, so he, you know, one of the places he, you know, went was in. And that, but he also found out and this was years ago. He also found out not everybody secured their Wi-Fi, so you know he he would park places overnight where he would still have where he could hop on someone else's Wi-Fi so he could have access to the internet and do his work. But he found, he found that living, living in a van and kind of living on his own wits, so to speak, was certainly possible. And well, like I said, he has, he, his job allows him to work. Yeah. Like whatever. What does he, he do? Do you know? He's like, 
his last I heard, he was a property manager. Okay. So he just he gets the call and then he calls somebody else. Oh, all right. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you know, there there are people all over the country, I guess, and probably all over the world that either want to go visit every place and and either do it in a car or go, um, you know, or maybe they retire and they buy a motorhome and they decide they're going to go see the country in a motorhome and kind of park where they want. Um, you know, doing it in a 40-foot motorhomes, you kind of have to, you kind of glamping. Um, you know, it's not always the easiest, easiest thing to do. And in other parts of the country, you can literally pull into a Walmart parking lot and decide you want to stay the night. And um, it's sort of an unwritten rule that Walmart actually allows that. So maybe not around here, but... Yeah. I think they do. Do they? I think yeah. the one, at least the one in Quincy, I think does, yeah. from my understanding. Yeah. Which the one in Quincy, you might as well be in the South because it's 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 South Quincy. Well, not really. Uh, um, but it, the one in Quincy is different than any other Walmart that I've been to around here, and I don't like Walmart anyways. I definitely don't like the Quincy one. <laughs> you don't like Walmart because of their. I'm not gonna. Practices? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go on the air about why I don't like Walmart. I just don't like them. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't want to hold the station liable for anything. All right. Uh, okay. All right. Some people don't like it, but yeah. Um, this is kind of interesting. Utah. Uh, it's uh, a dealership out in Utah, and it says it's fairly common to spot Roy Gunn, general manager of the Mercedes-Benz dealer in uh, Draper, Utah. Uh, tucking uh, his business cards under the windshield wipers of Mercedes-Benz vehicles he sees in parking lots around Salt Lake City. Gunn uh, jots notes on the cards, uh, dangling the idea of a VIP card that offers free services and invitation to call him, and strangers often, often call. Uh, it happens a lot, said Gunn. They are now customers. The free service that come with the Mercedes-Benz of Draper VIP service card includes flat tire repair, windshield chip repair, uh, battery test, um, fluid top-off, car wash, shuttle service, estate emissions inspection. Apparently, they do emissions inspections in Utah. Yep. Um, and on-the-spot renewal, which means that the dealership can renew a vehicle registration through the state, saving the customer a visit to the Utah Division of Motor Vehicles. We want to do whatever we can to be competitive with the independent shops, said Gunn. Part of the VIP card is... Uh, you're going to get things for free along with the paid service. Um, Gun credits the VIP card with driving service business and boosting revenue. In 2012, customer pay repair orders were down 3.5%. From 2011, he launched the card in 2012 and watched customer pay work uh, rise nearly 18%. And uh, the dealership has about 51% gain in customer pay repair orders with an average year-over-year -year increase of 8.5%. The average frequency we see... Our customers are three to four times a year. It used to be just once or twice a year. Mercedes Benz of Draper in the, in the suburb about 50 miles south of Salt Lake sells about 1,200 new and used vehicles a year. Um, Larry Miller uh, is ranked number nine on autom automobile list of top 150 dealerships. That's the guy who owns it. Mercedes store is the only one of the group's 64 dealerships to offer the VIP card. The idea of the card came in 2012 when Gunn and his team worried about Mercedes vehicles' ability to run 100,000 miles before needing an oil change. If you look at the frequency that someone comes into a dealership, uh, it could be once a year. We wanted to, wanted to be higher. That's when the VIP card came up. It's not a loyalty card. 
or rewards card. This is a card that where you get a free service every time you come in. There are a variety of ways to get one of the free cars. Customers who buy a new or used Mercedes vehicle from the dealership get a card. If the customer brought a Mercedes at a different dealership or brings it in, you get the card. He also uh, sent out advertising to known Mercedes-Benz customers. So it's a way to get people in, in, the, uh, in the door, and they figure the free services really only cost about 7 or $8 per customer. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a nice way to try to get a little bit more um, talk about the experience more with um, with what with what's going on. Um, one of my coworkers uh, sent me a purchase and sales agreement that it, that uh, someone was going to buy a um, uh, a new car, and it had some of the listings of of some of the services that were offered with the new car. And when we come back from a break, I kind of want to go over them and. See what, you know, kind of kind of give you an idea what some of these extras are and whether I think, in my humble opinion, whether they're worth it. Why don't we take a quick break? I can sip my coffee a little bit. No, I'm Coffee? Not. Yeah, I decided I want to cup of coffee this morning. Converting I, back. Yeah, I know. I was drinking tea. I've been drinking tea for six months, so I switched over. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. When we come back, we'll also do trivia. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL or 100.3 FM. FM. They FM. just did. They just, if you were they listening. Did, I you... was listening. That's why I got distracted. That's why I got distracted. Let's, uh, let's talk to Howie in Cambridge before we do trivia. Howie? Howie? Yes. Good yes. morning. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I called a couple of months ago and uh, complained about a little idle on a Nissan Frontier, and you, you were right, it was a, a blocked uh, injector. Okay. And uh, they, they ran some, uh, I guess, some concentrated injector cleaner yep. through there at mm-hmm. a higher pressure. The, uh, and I, there were two injectors that really were fouled up, yep. but one, one much worse than the other. And they, they uh, brought the idle up through the computer, and it's fine now. So I'm noticing a big difference in okay. the performance, too, also. Yeah, and, and the other thing is you should try to use um, gasoline, either like BP, Sitco, Shell, Mobile, something like that, that's got the extra cleaner in it. It'll, they really do have that. Yeah, huh? yeah. and you don't have to clean. Huh? Yeah, and you don't have and you don't have to use premium, just regular. The anything that's anything that's marketed as top tier fuel, which is one of those. Um, right. And I don't use it all the time, and it actually, but it does have a cleaner in it. I happen to go to a. Uh, it's either a BP or a Sitco. I don't remember which, and they both have it. So uh, it does it does help keep the injectors clean and the backs of the valves clean. So. And how do you feel about the additive they sell for about uh, seven or eight bucks um, and cleans your injectors? Yeah, I mean, if I if I find myself stopping at uh, I don't know, stop and shop gas for you know a year, um, I'll, use a- I'll, I'll I'll put a bottle of that in you know every yeah. six months or so. I wouldn't use it all the time. Right, right. No, I'll keep that in mind. But also, my uh, friend had a problem with tire pressure, low tire pressure, which I, I was always kicking those tires in. Look, that's low. Go back to Valvoline. They're charging you, you know, get yep. their free tire pressure yep. service. Finally ruined those in less than three years because of uh, overloading the car in the summertime, going back and forth to a, a summer place. And uh, they, they were cracked beyond repair. And oh, I, I couldn't believe in three years. Mm. And I, I didn't believe the guy who added the ESY. I looked at it myself. I goes, I can't believe it. It looked like the desert floor with deep, deep cracks. Wow. In and the tire guy said that that's a, a sign of low pressure and overloading the vehicle. Yeah. yeah it's a combination yeah. of both of those. It's also the rubber... Um you know, you know the sun and the ozone and all of that. Uh, some tires are more prone to cracking than others. I looked yeah. at the, I looked at the tires on my older car, and uh, it has, um, uh, you know, it's starting, it's starting to show little signs of crackage. But, uh, but it's funny. I looked at them. I said, well, I just put these on. Oh, maybe four years ago, five years right. ago. You know, it's what do they, what do they say? The, uh, the, the minutes go by slowly, and the years go by fast, or something oh. like that. Yeah. Sure they yep. do. Yep. Uh, no, I'm showing some in the in the in between the um, the tread on the tire, not oh, the yeah. sidewall. Yep. Mine's a truck tire, but yep. they are six years old and they're showing a little bit. Someone pointed that out. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. I was it, mostly looking at the sidewall. Yeah, but. if it's if it's just hairline cracks, I wouldn't be too concerned. But if you if you if you start to see something that looks deeper than that, then it's time to it's time to think about some new tires. Oh yeah, I brought these right in, right yeah. in, and, and of course they, they, the manufacturer they they uh, they could tell the way they were that they they weren't uh, mm. inflated yeah. properly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a lot of people were in the car they came off of. I was amazed because I did look at the tag in the door and got the right tire pressure. The maximum load is only 843 passengers and cargo. This wow. is a small Toyota Yaris. Oh, only yeah. 843 yep. pounds. I said, I, I know when uh, this car goes up the main, this is loaded to yeah. the gills. Yeah. They had to repack it three times. So 
people to get are going to be aware of what those small cars can carry. No, they, they no, load them up. no, no. It's funny if you if you look at the if you look at individual stuff, um, the trunk the trunk probably has its own weight limit. It's probably only 150 pounds. Yeah, right yeah. over that rear yeah. axle. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So it's just so people are more aware of that, that tire pressure and uh, overloading those cars with the summer months. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Get. No. You. No. You. You. You make a lot of sense, and and you check the tires when they're cool. Put the, uh, you know, put the whatever it says on the door placket. Unless you are, you you are packing up the car to go on vacation, then you might want to run the tires up near the maximum inflation pressure, uh, because you are adding that extra weight to it. But uh, but you would only do that if you were really loading the car. But don't overload the car either, and that's and you know your point. Don't do that. Oh, I know I know this is yep. overloaded because yep. you 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 know two. Four of my friends in that car. No, it's overloaded. Any cargo yeah. with you? Yeah, it's all yeah, two hundred yeah. plus. So yeah. that's it. That's yeah. the end of your cargo. Yeah. Just, yeah. just four passengers. Yeah. Well, your friends they got to leave their wallets home because they're full. They're full of money and yeah. it, makes, it makes it lighter. <laughs> yeah. And it's good on gas, the Yaris. That yeah. I, I'll say that much for it. It's excellent on gas. Well, let's well, see. You, you said something positive about it. There you go. That's right. All right. Thanks, Howie. Thank you. Bye. All bye. right. Take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's. Before we do, well, well, we'll we'll talk to Mike, and we'll do trivia at the same time. So Dennis can deal with trivia. I'll talk to Mike. Mike, you can't answer trivia. There's a rule. Um, and the trivia question is, and I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a pretty. I, it's not that hard to figure out. But in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in 1913. The first gas station opened up. Who was it? What gas station was it? Dennis is looking at me like, who would know that? How many gas stations are there? You know, if you if five people guess and each one guesses a wrong answer, you end up with, so what brand of gas station was it? It wasn't Joe's Gas. It wasn't BJ's. It wasn't Stop and Shop. It was one of those other ones. Well, let's talk to Mike and Hingham. Michael. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Very good. Got a quick question for you. Uh, uh, looking at uh, a car uh, that's coming out of Florida up to uh, Rhode Island to a dealership in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and two alarm lights come off in my, my head before I go look at it. Number one, you know, Florida's had some bad weather recently. And number two, I remember someplace in my memory banks where in Rhode Island you can wash a title. Uh, you can change the title. So let's say, for example, this car had flood damage. Mm-hmm. In Rhode Island, I think they can do something with the title uh, that would make that go away. Am I no, it doesn't. It doesn't make it go away. they Rhode Island, like Massachusetts. Um, they don't report all the information. Like if you went through Carfax, for instance, they don't report all the yeah. information. The state that the state that is the uh, <clears throat> the king of title washing is um, Vermont. Uh, okay. Yeah, when when you get when and and you know not on purpose. It's just when whatever the title is, it comes. You know, we, you know, could have come from Texas. It ends up in Vermont, and they just issue a new title, and they don't look at any of the past history of it. So, so in theory, you you don't know the background, and that's been Vermont for ages. When uh, Vermont was another one of those states that uh, when people wanted to import a car into Canada uh, because of you know the proximity of St. Albans. Um, uh, it, it would you could you could re- import like the smart car before before they even 
before they were even seen in the United States. They would come through Vermont. Vermont would just issue a title for it without thinking too much about it, I guess. So. Okay, so if you're concerned, I take it then, so if you're concerned, you put it on a lift, look around. Put yeah, the, and, and that's... Paper under the dashboard, yeah. find the dashboard for Russ to do all the normal. Yeah, and that's what, I, that's what I would really do. And, you know, if it smells too clean, I'd worry about it. Yep. You know, if you looked at the car and it and it looks it looks like they just totally detailed it, and if you had the ability to you know find you know if it has a spare in it, pull the spare out, make sure that Good idea. yeah, yeah. Um, you know any condensation on the in, inside of the headlights or the taillights. Um, the other thing is if you can happen to catch the car on a warm day, um, if you see condensation on the inside of the windows, that's going to tell you there was dampness inside the car. Um, Bingo. So, Bingo. you know, yeah. anything anything that gives you a little bit of clue like that, um, you know, under the seats, if you see a little bit of uh, corrosion or, or, you know, around the seat tracks, you know, you, you always see a little bit from people's, you know, up here from people's shoes. But in Florida, yeah. you wouldn't expect to see that from, you know, you're not tracking snow and salt inside the car. So, yeah, um, yeah I know I, I recently looked at a, a used car. It was a 2018. And I was surprised the dealer put it out for sale because the underneath of the car was all was all muddy and down around where the gas pedal sat was encrusted in mud and i said something to the sales guy i said i'm a little surprised you put this car out this way it looks like it's been in a flood and he goes yeah. what do you mean and i said well you know the all around the all around the wheel wells and he's like well you know it was a pretty tough winter and i'm like yeah, you know, but you, you really didn't you didn't do enough with it yet, you know. And and yeah. I said I said I got to tell you just from just from looking at it, I don't think I'd take a chance with it because yeah. I'm not sure if it, it been someplace that I want to buy a car from. And and this particular car was registered in Massachusetts. Somehow it got registered in Oklahoma. And then it came back to Massachusetts again. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know, I'm a little suspicious about that. And all of that in less than eight months. So, yeah. you know, the, yeah. I think the, uh, you got to do your homework. I think yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah. I, mean, and, I, I know. Yeah. And the other thing is, all of the hurricane cars that were in storage, um, all, I don't want to say all of them, but they all went to auction about two months ago. So uh, all the okay. ones that were, and the idea is they go to auction because, you know, they're, they're, they're either people decide they're going to take a chance with them and sell them as storm-damaged cars, or they're going to, you know, you know, you find you find a, a similar car that's been crashed that you can buy this car cheap enough and replace all, take that sheet metal and put it on it. Um, not saying a flood car is a bad car, but it's a, it's a bad car if it's got salt water in it. Absolutely. And yeah. a quick question. You do agree with me that this statement that if you buy it from a reputable deal, like, for example, Herb Chambers, just mm-hmm. use him. If you buy it from Herb Chambers, I mean, wouldn't they stand behind that if there was a, a problem like that, a big deal? I'm, I'm not looking at Herb Chambers, but, I, I, you know, and it's, it's, let's say you buy a Toyota from Herb Chambers and it's got this problem. i, I got to believe that a car like him or, or a Toyota would stand behind the car. Yeah. It was sold on yeah, a the, the one, The one, oddly enough, the, the ones that don't stand behind it is the manufacturer themselves. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the dealer, if it's a good dealer, certainly we will do that. They'll say, Hey, look, you know, we didn't either, they'll play stupid. And they say, we didn't know. And we'll take care yeah. of you. Let's, let's see if we can get you into something else you want, because this has been a problem car. Um, but the manufacturer says, Hey, that's not, that's not our responsibility. That's, that was something the dealer did on their own. In fact, I had somebody write to me the other day that bought a car from an auction and it went out of, um, 
it went out of warranty by three days and the and the manufacturer said sorry it's out of warranty and we might have done something but it came from an auction so we don't know what really happened between the time that it came from the auction and this person bought it so we're gonna we're gonna have to say no to extending any warranty so yeah, yeah so, but could the dealer do something sure they could they do okay thank okay. you very much for your all right time. appreciate it all Bye. right take care bye-bye all right we still have our trivia trivia guessers on the line uh let's try ben in lawrence ben 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 yes good morning john good morning what do you think it is uh i would say an so station uh you would be wrong okay all right but good guess ben okay okay one more question all right sure thing okay yes i had a it's early yet we got 15 minutes okay i had a reject of my car and i was told i could go to any station after it was repaired, yep. wrong. It cost well, me $35 well, more. Well, you can go to any station you want. It just costs you money. Yeah, but I yeah. thought it was, it was free. It's no, free. no, it's only okay. free. It's okay. only free back to the guy who, and they, and you only get one okay. shot, by the way. You only, It's only free back to the person who rejected it. And within 30 days. Yeah, and right. within, like Dennis said, within 30 or 60, I think. I thought so it was so you, can't, you can't listen to your, your neighbors that know it all. No, no, you no. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know. Uh, okay. Okay. All right, thanks, Ben. All right, yep, bye-bye. Let's go try line five, Robert in Tingsboro. Robert? 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 No, Robert. Let's go over to line four to Peter. No, no, let's try Robert. Robert. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't hear me. I could. Golf station. It it is a golf station. How'd you know that? Uh, I cheated, but you I cheated? was surprised. I thought it was for Coney or Union Pure or something. Uh, so, no. so, so did I. I got to tell you, I, I was, I was, I was going, I was going with Ben. I was thinking it was Esso. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that year, my mother was born, so it was kind of uh, a little significant. Hey, there you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah. So golf. Uh, it, golf was golf was the one with the. Uh, isn't that the one with the they they would they would they would give you the the plastic horseshoes for your car. Was that golf? I'm not sure. Give you that little extra kick? Yeah, I know we've got an independent station half is it? Oh yeah. They, they use that for a, Yeah, and you know. and I want to say I want to say that was when I was a kid. So back in 1855 when I was a kid. Well, I must um, have been then too. Yeah. <laughs> um the uh I want to say you could get these uh these uh when you got gas, you would get these two little plastic uh, horseshoes that you could put on the back of your car because golf gave you a little extra kick, I think. Yeah, yeah, Something like golf, that. No knocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the red ball service for yeah, Richfield. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. All right. Gimmicks. All right. Stay right there. Dennis will get your name and address, and we will send you out a cell phone mount for your car or truck so you can, yeah. so you can uh, especially you're so close to the New Hampshire border, you, want, you don't want to be driving with your phone in your hand. Uh, yeah, well. Around here, they do that quite frequently. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, but up in New Hampshire, you get a ticket for it. So. Yeah, all they are. And and in Rhode Island now, uh, yeah, starting June first, if you're in Rhode Island and you get your phone in your hand, you get you'll get a hundred dollar ticket. And uh, if you the very first, if you got it, I think for the the very first one, if you show up in court and say, "Hey, I bought a Bluetooth earpiece," or you know something they'll waive the ticket for the first one but if you're somebody who's on the phone in in rhode island and it's handheld you're going to get a ticket after june 1st and uh 
So there's easy there's easy ways to do it. Uh, the the grip, the phone grip that we got from uh, our buddy Isaac, who who we interviewed a couple weeks ago. That's a, it's a really nice unit, very flexible. You can put all kinds of you can mount it just about anywhere. It's got all kinds of attachments. Um, or you can get something as simple as a, a vi as a vent clip for $1.99 that's worth $1.99. This one this one's this one's pretty slick. It's got a lot of adjustments to it and it works nice. So yeah, stay right good. stay right there. Dennis will get you on your address and we'll send this out to you. Okay, John. We'll catch you later. All right, thank you. 617-770-3030-617-770-3030. There is a makeover of the Lexus ES coming up. And I always said the Lexus was the Lexus ES if it was it's a, another one of those cars if it was ice cream it would be vanilla. Just it's not it was not an exciting car. It was a nice car. It was a, it was a glorified Camry. Uh, but the uh, Lexus ES is uh, like it says here in the article always played second fiddle to the LS sedan uh, when they were introduced nearly 30 years ago. Uh one was hailed as a bold new flagship to take on the Germans. The other was a dressed-up Toyota Camry. Since then, the Bland ES has dutifully uh, fulfilled its role as a volume entry for the Lexus brand, challenging rivals on value and reliability while remaining in the shadow of its uh, stablemates, including the more sporty GS and IS. Now with car sales uh, falling across all segments in the U.S. and luxury sedans scrambling to uh, differentiate themselves from their competitors, Lexus executive team is finally getting its star turn. The ground-up redesign for 2019 featured at the Beijing Auto Show in April prompted uh, showgoers to dub it the Baby LS, noting the styling similarities to its sibling that was redesigned last year and has tripled in sales since going on sale in February. The ES now looks like a proper rear-drive sports sedan with a V8, even though it isn't. And it still drives just the front wheels with a V6. But it does have a little bit of that coupe-type look to it. Something that I'm not super wild about, but it does have it. And it, it's, um, it's um, I think it adds to the style of it. I've always liked the car, but it is sort of, some people consider it sort of the entry-level style car. So, just something to think about. What are we doing? Oh, just uh, Steve and Salem. Wasn't sure what you know. We we have our hand signals here, Steve. You have to understand that we we, we don't talk to each other, so we just have hand I, signals. Yeah. Okay, I, I understand you. I just I have an alternate uh, answer for you for that first gasoline All station. Right. And I, my information shows that Shell Oil opened the first gas station in St. Louis in 1905. Really? Yes, sir. Really. Huh. Yeah. Where'd, you, know, where'd you get that little bit of information? Uh, this is from a little uh, soft copy magazine. It says, Automotive Milestones, Trivia of a Most Unique Machine. It's a pretty old little thing, but it has a lot of little, you know, trivia things, that type of thing. And I'm just wondering uh, if that is really factual. It goes on to say that the first combination gas and service station opened in Pittsburgh in 1913, but the first gas station itself was in, by Shell in St. Louis in 1905. I'll tell you what. Well, you're a winner, you're a winner too. Oh, terrific. Because according to, uh, according to filling station Wikipedia, right. it says here the first purpose-built gas station was constructed in St. Louis at 1905 at 420 South Teresa Avenue. 
The second station was constructed in 1907 by Standard Oil of California, now Chevron in Seattle. And uh, so I guess my information, even though it came from a very reputable source, is different. So I'll tell you what. We'll take down your name and address, and we will. You will be a winner as well. Okay, thank you. All right, so much. you'll 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 get a you'll get a you'll get a fancy cell phone mount for your car or truck too. Okay. Or or, or give it or give it away to somebody who's on the phone too much. All right, there you go. Okay, thank you, John Paul. All right, nice weekend. You as well. Great. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, when you have more, when you have more than one of something, you can give it away. And here's the deal, though. We know through science. That even though when your phone is not in your hand, whether it's Bluetooth to your car, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, mounted in a holder, on a Bluetooth speaker, Bluetooth earpiece, wired earpiece, you're still not safe. Because it's the conversation not holding the phone in your hand. It's holding your phone in your hand is just takes away one hand from the steering wheel, but it's the conversation that takes place. In fact, um, what happens is when you ask your phone to do something or ask even a, if you have a car that has technology in it where you can uh, use voice command. So you say, hit the button on your phone, hit the button on Siri on your iPhone and say, Siri, call Dennis. Your brain actually shuts off for up to 27 seconds, waiting for Siri to do what it does. See, and you keep saying this. It's true. And I understand there's probably some science behind it. Lots of science. I use... University of Utah. Yeah, I, I, David I, Strayer is a okay. PhD. I, I get it. I get it. But <laughs> I I pay attention when I'm, when, like, when it's, when I'm saying, hey, Siri, and... I actually make sure I, my brain, oh, and there it goes. Um, when I say that, I actually go and I say, I make sure that I'm looking around, I'm more aware of my surroundings because I know that there's something going to be happening. And also, Bobby Brooks called and says a great segment for the, for the program would be to go over all the laws of the different states in Massachusetts, what you can and cannot do, because he did not know that New Hampshire had that hands no hands, whatever. No texting. No. In fact, even if you, um, uh, Rhode Island is joining just about every state but Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York. Uh, you know, our neighboring states all have these laws. So yeah, yeah. So we can we can do that. And it's um, if you're really interested. And I don't know how updated it is this week, but drivinglaws.aaa.com. If you go to that, there's all the laws. And there you go, Bobby. Yeah, there you go. So, but yeah, there's all that information. I have often, I've often wondered that. You just said, hey, Siri, and your phone woke up. And yeah, it did. I, and I wonder how many people with iPhones every time I go, hey, Siri. You know, do they, you know. No, they, it, it, yeah. it's, voice, it's voice recognition. It'll, yours will because it recognizes your voice. That's right. There's science behind that too, see. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's, how it, it's how it all works. And uh, um, if you're somebody who goes on my website, johnknowscars.com, uh, only How many different sites do you have? I don't. Yeah. But <laughs> but the whole point is that one's going to go away. I decided not to renew the license for it. So say again. Oh, let's turn Paul's microphone. Yeah, on. Paul, yeah. what was that? He's like the government. He's got lots of websites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I have to then I have to 
dark websites that you know, <laughs> that, you know the secret websites uh, where I John where Paul I, on the sinister web. Yeah, yeah, where I where I sell nothing. Um, but that's my point is I had this website called JohnKnowsCars.com where I had my uh, my uh, PR and IT IT team put it together for me, which was the 11th grade class at Social Votech. Uh, they did it as a school project. Okay. And uh, so they created a website for me. And they did it uh, using a website um, thing called Wix, W-I-X. Mm-hmm. And they did it on the free version. I converted it over to the paid side. And I had, I've had it for a couple of years now. And really all it does is it has links to all the other stuff that I do. And it had a place where you could ask a question. And I just got the renewal bill for sixty nine ninety five, And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather go out to eat. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really using this. I'm not getting a lot of benefit out of this. Um, for how long? For a month? For a year? A year. A year. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's cheap, but on the other hand, I don't need. I don't. I, I did it as. I did it as an. I did it as something that you know the, the kids were looking for school projects. Mm-hmm. So and it was great. It was actually a kind of interesting thing. It was a team of five kids. It was a the team leader. Uh, was going to school for metal fab. Mm-hmm. There were three kids from computer something or other, whatever they call their computer classes, and a girl from cosmetology. And well, how did that work into the paradigm of um, the team? What, what she cosmet- han- she handled the style, the cosmetology oh. person. The, okay. The, so the style with the presentation or the interfaces they yeah call it? Yeah. yeah. So it so it had like a. It looked like an old car garage with uh-huh. a with an old MG with headlights. Well, how's that cosmetology? I mean, I know that's graphic it had, design. It had, yeah, but it, it was the whole idea of putting these kids together as a, and working together as a team. I see. And, okay. And the uh, metal fab person, because I guess they're more used to working with other groups, mm-hmm. he was the leader and said, "Okay, you need to do this and you need to do that." And the um, that was John hitting his yeah, mic. Yeah, that was that was me hitting my microphone. You know, the, we we need to turn the Facebook camera on. I That's thought you were giving saying. the metal fab yeah. guy a sound yeah. effect. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but it, but it was. And it, I was at a school meeting. And they said, "Hey, we're looking for uh, projects for people." And like, um, there was a uh, countertop company in in um, Situate, and they created uh, a website for them. There was somebody else who. Um, I think owned a, a sandwich shop somewhere and they created and all they wanted was a new menu. Mm-hmm. So they had the computer. It's good for the kids yeah, to do that. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It and, engages them. It yeah. shows them real yeah. life. It's, yeah. it's excellent. And they had to present it afterwards too. So, yeah. so I had to go to a meeting with a bunch of people and they had to get up and actually said, say how they did it, why they did it, why they chose this, how they worked with me off and on to put it together. Did you help them or did they do it themselves? All, the I, did, all, all I did, oh no, I, all I did was I gave them direction on where, what I wanted it to do. And then when they came time to do the presentation, I was up there in case people had questions about why they did a certain thing and w- why I wanted it that way. And who were they presenting to? Um, the entire student body or no, no, it was, people or was uh, it outside school? It was school? select people and some outside people. Okay. Yeah. So it was. So it was it and was they're kind of, 16, 17, 18-year-old kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 15, 16-year-old kids. It's good. Yeah. It was, it was great. And it's amazing to me that certain kids, how articulate they are and not at all shy about talking to adults. You want as yeah, long as you yeah, do it respectfully yeah, yeah. and understanding yeah. that the but some but I I think I remember being fifteen or sixteen. If you asked me to go talk in front of a crowd, I'd be like, 
I don't want to do that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, the, we didn't have to do it that much back. They have to do it all, virtually yeah. all the time yeah. now yeah. in whatever profession that yeah. they choose. So that it's really nice. It's good training. And you know what they're uh, recycling at in my school, which you know I did when I was in high school, but it's kind of faded off. Is debate. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And, and that that's really interesting because not only do you get the the chance to express yourself in a uh, in a forum, in a mm-hmm. public forum. But you also have to think through both sides of an issue, or two sides, or ma- many sides of yeah. an issue. And I think that kids are challenged by that now. They they see, you know, it's a single linear line to one point of view, and they, they can't even imagine the other side. To have to argue the other side and to put together a, a solid and, uh, and cogent argument is a real skill. I have an argument for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, go uh, ahead. You can't hear the piano players playing. Uh, well, Joanne did give me the headphones, but I opted <laughs> not to uh, put them on. So that piano guy, so, he's he's reli- oh reliable. I so can. Mother's Day tomorrow, and M nothing, is for the yeah, many and things, no, and nothing like nothing like nothing like the Irish, nothing like the oh, Irish. And, Dennis and, needs a song. Dennis yeah, number eight. Nothing like the Irish and Mother's Day. Oh yeah. So, so I, 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 you remember I told you Father's Day was like three songs, and right. Mother's, Mother's Day was Day like four hundred and three. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what we're gonna do yeah. today. So yes. So happy Mother's Day to all the current mothers, mothers that aren't with us anymore, and uh, enjoy the best in Irish music coming up with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye.